Welcome to Thanksgiving edition SEC Football Live here on the 440 Sports Network and that SEC podcast. He is Michael Bratton. SEC Mike, I am Braden Gall, and we do appreciate all of you jumping into the comments today. If you are listening in audio form, of course, everywhere you get your podcasts, SEC Football Live, please give us a nice review or a mean one, I guess. Just leave us five stars either way. We do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's Michael and I's first season together, uh, and we do appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us. So if you want to jump into the comments, as usual, they are open and ready to go. And my feelings are going to be just fine, Michael, no matter what they say to me. Working on this show <laughs> with you, working on this show with you has built up thick skin. Hosting Feinbaum, thick skin. Working on SiriusXM and in college football for 20 years, thick skin. Comes with the territory. So I hope everybody has a wonderful and amazing Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, really the theme of the show today, because I hate, I hate, hate, hate narrative talk in the middle of football season, because that's what the off season is for. We have eight months to talk about narratives. That's what we have. But this week's games are going to dictate what all of those narratives may or may not be in the off season. So uh, a lot of conversation and frankly, big old bowls of steaming, heaping, piling, spoiled football food this weekend, because you have three or four games that have playoff implications. You have a couple of teams fighting for bowl eligibility. You have huge rivalry games. You have so you have a Heisman Trophy that could get spoiled this weekend. So this weekend is entirely and exclusively about sp spoiling shit. And frankly, uh, Arkansas is a part of this as well because frankly, Arkansas bringing Sam Pittman back, I think a little bit, a bit of a surprise to both of us. Uh, but if he were to go out and lose and get destroyed by Missouri, I, I don't know how uh, the front office at at Arkansas how nice their holiday would be. <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot of stuff. Uh, Ole Miss and Missouri would have two of the greatest seasons. Among the best seasons in the history of their school, those seasons could be spoiled this weekend, uh, especially if we had a 12-team playoff, but certainly could still be spoiled this weekend. So lots of stuff to do today. Uh, I want to start with, with Auburn because obviously that's what we have to do. We have to start with Auburn because they're going to play significantly better against Alabama. Alabama is playing for a playoff spot. If they keep winning, they are probably going to get into the playoff. Auburn has a chance to change all of that. However, they just got boat raced by New Mexico State at home. How concerned are you big picture? Because I, I have a take about Hugh Freeze. I want to float out there and see what you think. But this is the first big one that I want to discuss because Auburn's coming off the worst performance of maybe any SEC team in the entire conference all season. 200 yards total offense against New Mexico State at home. Completely dominated. Now they're going to play Alabama at home. How, how do they get offense? And the narratives are going to come out of this game about Hugh Freeze's upside, about Bama's playoff chances. This is obviously, I mean, the Egg Bowl is huge, but the Iron Bowl this year, a lot at stake right now between these two coaches. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> a lot, I, anything that's, what's at stake for Hugh Freeze? I mean, winner, Change. winner, winner, lose. I mean, I'm winning, I guess, yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're going to get hammered, Braden. I don't <laughs> I mean, I tend I, to agree with you. I, I think people uh, got a little hyped up because because um, they beat. Let's look at their. I'll throw up their schedule. I don't know if I have these. This is the updated version. Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Mm. I mean, those are the mm. probably the three worst in the SEC, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think Auburn is probably just a one notch above them. Now you win all those games, so maybe I, that's unfair, but. And particularly the way you beat Arkansas, I think that had people fooled as to where, hey, maybe we got something building here. Because to your point, New Mexico State just just whipped them up and down the field. That 
I mean, it was a p- competitive game for the, for a little while, but at no point in the second half that I think Auburn was going to make a comeback. They one team came to win, one team didn't, and and sure there was probably some look ahead factor. But if you're losing by multiple touchdowns to New Mexico State at home, I think it's just going to be worse this weekend against Alabama. I, I, so I, I don't really think, and I think anybody giving Hugh Freeze a hard time, and I'm not obviously a fan of him personally, but anyone giving him a hard time for getting his ass kicked by Alabama, I don't, I don't think they're, they're being very realistic. Oh, I don't think anybody's going to do that. I I think it is what happened last Saturday is completely unacceptable. Year, year one rebuild, not a rebuild. Doesn't matter. It's completely unacceptable. And if you are Hugh Freeze, and this is unfortunately the way the world works, and you know this, when you are when people like Sam Pittman, I think is employed because people like him. I think he still has a job because people are like, you know what? We really like this guy. We want we want to help him do well. We want to give him a chance to work his way out of it. And they kept Sam Pittman because when you are a good person and you treat people well, you get the benefit of the doubt. When you are the opposite of that, you do not. And getting destroyed by New Mexico State is unacceptable. I don't care what the situation is at Auburn. Now, again, I think they'll play better this weekend because I think there's clearly a look-ahead factor. And the way they played well against Georgia and the way they played well against Ole Miss is the same exact thing. They got a few turnovers, shortened the field, capitalized on a few turnovers, and kept the game magically somehow close. But I I think the larger story here is if they get destroyed by Alabama, which, again, is what I would pick. It's only a 14-point spread, but let's say Bama covers. Anything happens in this game, I get it. It's crazy. Texas A&M is in the middle of a coaching search, and Urban Meyer is the only name that guarantees you probably a national championship caliber football team. But it comes with a lot of baggage. What I never have understood about the Hugh Freeze conversation is you get all the baggage of Urban Meyer and none of the guaranteed upside. This guy has never won big, ever. It's never happened. So I, to me, what this is doing is New Mexico State shows me the same shit he did when he lost to Memphis at Ole Miss after beating Alabama. He, he, he is not an elite national championship caliber football coach. Now he's got a chance to end all of that conversation. Like I said, change the narrative, spoil Alabama's playoff year, right? Because right now they're on track to potentially get into the playoff. That could all change if they get a few turnovers, shorten the field a little bit, play good defense at home, and, and do something crazy. Uh, that, that is the formula, the way they played against Georgia and Ole Miss. Mm. Yeah, you said he's not Urban Meyer. But he's got the bag. He what he is. He's Gus Malzahn with baggage. That, that's what he's always been, and that's kind of what you get. You know, he'll pull. He'll pull an upset. He'll pull an upset or two. But he, yeah. he also he yeah. also gets upset all the time, and yeah. you know it's it's pretty routine with him. I, I'm only Kyle. I'm only using Urban Meyer as a comparative bullet point here. Like I, I'm not saying he he is not taking the job or they're not interested. I'm not saying no one. Here's the other thing. Not one of these jobs, other than Jeff Trailer actually interviewing via Zoom or whatever <laughs> with Texas A&M, <laughs> like the, nobody, do you think the university is giving the media n- the names of their candidates right now? Are you guys out of your mind? <laughs> like, none mm-hmm. of these names are real. All of these names come from agents and they come from assistant coaches and they come from, here's the other thing. Plains folks are not going to campus. Okay. I just want to let you know. If, if you see a coach visiting your campus, that's the first sign he's not taking your job. It's not happening. Like, What about uh, Jed Fish? That's the new rumor. You no, like that? Would you like that? I had I had a lot of doubts about that hired Arizona, so I might not be the best person to ask because he's done. he's overachieved in that situation. 
Uh, he's figured it out, but that was not an overwhelming hire at Arizona. There's a lot of people that had a lot of questions and, and doubts about that. The only reason I'm using Urban Meyer is that he's a, he sort of has this mythical upside and personal baggage, but like a track record of success. And 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 so I, I think mm-hmm. that's the only reason I use him as a comparative sort of variable here. Uh, but either way, Alabama has a national championship and a playoff to play for. And Auburn has nothing to lose. That's a dangerous spot. And there's a, there's a lot of teams this week, Michael, in that situation. Yeah, yeah. That, basically the entire conference. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these are perfect uh, trap games, I guess you could say. I mean, even like Georgia going to Georgia Tech, which uh, – that might be the I, only one that's not. <laughs> I, th- I think it is, man. I mean, I, Georgia Tech is playing better, but 24 points. Uh, quickly, I want to ask, I want to answer Junkyard Dog. What about Chip Kelly? Chip Kelly's about to get fired by UCLA. Didn't he so, just win a big game? He's about to get fired by UCLA. So, hmm. uh, no, is the, the answer is no. But again, if you see a media member report or a local radio host report, they, are, they do not have real scoop. Okay. Like the board of directors for Texas A&M and Ross Bjork have not even like done enough conversations to even know who their own finalists are yet. This right. is all just speculation. At least we on this show tell you that it's speculation. Um, and there's there's a very it's a very distinct and direct sausage making process when it comes to coaching search speculation. It's coaching search firms mixed with agents, mixed with assistant coaches, mixed with media, all of whom are scratching each other's backs trying to get their guy hired. That's what this is all about. So anyway, I I think I might pick Georgia Tech now. Okay, Uh, that's the only one that I wasn't going to ask you about. So I'm glad we got that one out of the way. Uh, Although Georgia Tech has improved, they've got to a bowl eligible. The other two playoff implication games are are very winnable for the SEC in a rivalry situation in which they could knock a team out of the playoff. And Louisville at home, and we're going to talk. I'm going to you and I have spent a lot of time on this show this 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 year talking about Stoops. Uh, Louisville's a seven point favorite at home. They <laughs> technically still have a, a, a they're a one loss power five team. So in theory, could they play their way into the playoff conversation? It is possible. Obviously not with a loss to Kentucky. Um, I, I just, we'll get to the Florida, Florida state thing, but I, I am curious because this is all about narrative setting for the off season. If Kentucky finishes with a loss, a couple losses in a row, lost to a rival, lost to Shane Beamer, um, Offense is struggling, and they they go into the season six and six. Number one, knocking off your rival and ending their playoff potential playoff hopes would be a huge would be a huge move for Mark Stoops. I I, I think Kentucky fans are spoiled. I think that's what's happened with all that bourbon. I, that's true. I mean, I'm a little jealous of that part, <laughs> but I, I think. I guess my and I I know that you have a, a skewed perspective of like I know where you stand on Mark Stoop, so I'm not. Why is it skewed is, though? If it's, it's just not a fair accurate. question. Okay, do you know how many? Do you know how many eight wins in a hundred in a hundred and eight years of playing football? Mm-hmm. Do you know how many eight win seasons Kentucky's had in a hundred and eight seasons of playing football? I do not know. Twelve. Mark Stoops has like four of them. Okay, they, they've had they've had four. Can you run down seasons. his non-conference schedule for those seasons? Outside, outside. Well, that's not what Kentucky should. Kentucky should not be scheduling Michigan. <laughs> like they shouldn't. They should not be scheduling Michigan. That's not what Kentucky should do. If I'm Vanderbilt, schedule fucking nobody, so I can get mm-hmm. to a bowl game. Outside of the pandemic year, which you throw out all the time, they mm-hmm. they've had what eight consecutive winning seasons, seven consecutive winning seasons. 
I in, the, a, in SEC play or just no, overall, overall, right? Overall. But so we're just essentially handing them three and a half wins a year, right? With the way, with the way they schedule. And I, I, to your point, that that's smart. That's the way they should do it. Exactly. But and we, you play Louisville every single season from a Power 5 school so, or Power 5 conference. But we can at the same time say, well, my God, look how many eight wins he's getting when three to four automatic wins in there, given the resources and the players that he has now. I think Kentucky is spoiled and does not understand. I, I'm not saying that the end of the season isn't disappointing. It is. It should be. And if they lose to Louisville and they fall to six and six, that's not as good as I think they should have been this year. But at the end of the day, I, I think I think it's the same thing with Tennessee being eight and four when they destroy Vanderbilt. There's mm-hmm. a bigger there's a bigger picture you have to sort of keep your eye on. And there is no coach in modern in modern Kentucky history that has ever done anything that Mark Stoops has done ever. Bear Bryant is the only one that's comparable, and that was before integration. So I just think seven consecutive winning seasons, not not counting the, the COVID year, I think Kentucky fans should be okay with that. It doesn't mean you can't ask for more. I think it's okay to say, hey, I want to see a little bit more. But they've only had four 10-win seasons in the history of their program, and he's got two of them. Mm. I, I, just think, I just think having a little perspective is more important. I don't want to hear Mark Stoops' hot seat. You said on your show today that he would not get hired by anybody else. He'd be hired in two seconds to be a head coach somewhere else. No, that's that's not true. And every time you hear... And I'm factoring in his salary, so it's a little much. Who is who is A&M calling him and say, "Hey, you want to? Here's no. Will you will you come down here for ten million dollars a year? No. Would I? I don't even think Mississippi State is dumb enough to to do that. And he would be a massive upgrade over Arnett. I, I'm not suggesting that, but no, no one's touching him because he he's not leaving because what he's paid, and no one's going to touch him at that figure. So they're they're like they're stuck. I feel like. Oh, 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 shucks, Kentucky, the greatest football you've ever had. Oh, shit. What a terrible place to be. Give me a break with that crap, dude. He's an Iowa alumni. He wants the Iowa job, and Iowa would hire him in two seconds. Mm. Michigan State's going to snoop around a little bit. If I was Mississippi State, I would, again, I would hire a different type of person, like, like a, not a, not at a 12 year veteran. That's not what I would do. If Mm -hmm. I'm Stoops, I'm not leaving for Mississippi State. It's a tougher job. And I have, frankly, a little bit more control over my athletic director right now at Kentucky, although it doesn't seem like it. So I, he would be hired in no, he would be hired so fast, just like Jimbo Fisher is going to be a head coach faster than anybody realizes. All mm. these guys, they all get jobs. Gus, Gus Malzahn got fired, got paid 20 plus million dollars, and now he's a power five coach. <laughs> like it, it's, it, I, I agree that this, if they lose to Louisville, it sets a, it sets a narrative for Kentucky in the offseason that they, they kind of crumbled down the stretch again. And that would be true. And he needs to do better next year. But this conversation about Mark Stoops, you know, Kentucky not. If you, if you, if you are a Kentucky fan and you are considering moving on from Mark Stoops, I, I got nothing for you, dude. I got nothing for you. Maybe he should blame the fans again. That, that'd be a smart move. I, I'm doing it for him. And I'll apologize for him, too. So, other one, Florida, Florida State. Uh, by the way, keep an eye on Jawar Jordan. If you don't watch Louisville, Jawar Jordan is fantastic. Uh, what position is is he elite running back for, for okay. Louisville? Uh, Jeff Brom is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant offensive mind. Uh, it's always been a good game uh, between these two, but now I think the coaching quality has been upped by Louisville and there's a lot to play for Louisville. Again, Louisville at home, one loss team, top 10 in the country, only a seven point favorite. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah. Three straight. I know all the records guys, 
three straight seasons of building from Joker Phillips. Yeah, this it, is a, this is a top ten coach right here, boys. Uh, who? And look at all the cupcakes he's played too. He's elite. T- take out that one in there that's five and six, where every game was the SEC outside of one. And again, you've done this for COVID all the time. You you just eliminate COVID seasons. So right. I'm just going to eliminate COVID season as well. Mm-hmm. Seven straight winning records at Kentucky. Mm. Seven Man. straight winning seasons at programs like Kentucky is the, that is almost the ceiling. That's especially two of them with ten wins. No one else has accomplished this, man. No one else has accomplished this. Maybe we need to pay him more. That I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> He's average. I mean, it's, I, that's not bad. That doesn't mean, <laughs> average is not bad. We, it's significantly better than average. I've, so I graduated six and uh, six is average with average grades. You know, you can get by with it. Trust me. Six, six and six is average. He's had a winning record, so better than average at Kentucky, a program that has not really ever accomplished anything. That's the difference. Now, I agree with you on the salary. They gave him too much money. I agree with you on that. And But you know what? That's not that's Kentucky's problem. <laughs> it's not anybody else's problem. The same thing with Tennessee. Tennessee's conversation. This conversation about Tennessee and Josh Heupel is asinine to me. Oh, where'd your camera go, big guy? <laughs> This this conversation about Josh Heupel in Tennessee is absurd. It's absurd to me. They're going to beat Vanderbilt pretty easily, pretty heavily. They're going to destroy Vanderbilt. And this conversation about Nico, why is it Nico better than Joe Milton? What A true freshman is not supposed to be better than a six-year player right away. It happens gradually over the first year. Tua Tungavailoa didn't start as a true freshman. Bryce Young didn't start as a true freshman. Trevor Lawrence took half a season to start as a true freshman. Joe Burrow... Couldn't couldn't start at Ohio State like these these great these great coaches or these great quarterbacks take time. Here's what I will say though, Mike, and I want your opinion on this. Sorry, I had to turn off my camera. All these yeah. the stoops garbage talk. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. You'll be fine, big guy. You'll be fine. All these Kentucky Wildcat winning seasons. Um, here's what I will say about Josh Heupel. Mm-hmm. Nico needs to get lots of reps against Vanderbilt and in the bowl game. It is next year is his time to be the starting quarterback. Now that you now that sort of the season has been defined and you're done with your big games and you should beat Vanderbilt with like you and I playing quarterback. This is the week you need to get Nico some reps. Joe Milton starts senior day, all that stuff. But Nico needs reps this week and he needs reps in the practice and he needs reps in the bowl game. So this is the week. If he yeah. doesn't if he doesn't play Nico this week, then I think I can be like, hey, dude, are you trying to build for next year or what? Can we hire Jimbo to be the offensive coordinator up there? We we oh, got to fix this God, offense. No. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, hire the guy who can't coach. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Uh, now, what is the question? Is should Nico play? I mean, I I think I don't know. I, does it matter? No, no. The, Vanderbilt. The the question is no, it doesn't. The question is why is it hard to understand that there's a a gap between Milton and Nico when Nico is a true freshman. And that he was not better than what Joe Milton gave him this year. Nico was not going to beat Georgia. He was not going to beat Alabama on the road. Like I, to me, I don't understand. Josh Heupel did a pretty good job of like, <laughs> like evolving the offense as the season went along to adapt to what he had. Mm. Now that the season is defined, they've lost all the best teams on their schedule and they're going to play Vanderbilt in the bowl. Now the time to build for the future, which is get your freshman quarterback ready for his sophomore season. Or I guess maybe Richard. What if Richard Nico freshman. scores like six touchdowns this week? Would you amend uh, your statement that they no could not beat Georgia with him? 
No, but wouldn't I, you be wouldn't you be super excited about next year though? I sure as hell would. Because other than that 75-yard run, stupid. they didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, Georgia's the best team in the country. A true freshman is not going to come off the bench. How about when Missouri? They, I, I just watched Florida go up and down the field on them. Get, couldn't do shit on Missouri either. Uh, the way they ran the football. Florida ran the football. That had nothing to do with quarterback. Florida? I've, I've seen teams go up and down the field on Florida. They they couldn't do shit on them either. Uh, I mean, what, what, are you, what are you trying to get me to say? Like, they shit down their leg against Florida and got beat at the line of scrimmage. They had the quarterback. Every meaningful game, Brayden, they, they shit the bed on so, offense. So Even maybe. A&M. And they only won it because they had a punt return. <laughs> I mean, am, am I wrong? No, they ran they ran the ball pretty well in that game. But I agree. Uh, I They didn't. I, I, I think but that's got nothing to do with Milton. I, I think, again, it's the exact same thing with Kentucky. I think Tennessee fans to be in a rebuilding year in year three of a new coach after 15 years of garbage football to be complaining about a chance at nine wins is dumb shit. It's dumb shit. I'm sorry. Ta- we have high standards, re- Braden. I, 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 a rebuilding year and, and building for next season and a chance to win the division next year. That's the whole point. Right. You're a victim of your own success last year to some mm-hmm. degree because Hendon Hooker was spectacular. You had two NFL receivers. I don't know how many times you got like college football is not linear, boys. It doesn't. It just you don't always like, just go up. There was a lot so, of over overthrows, a lot of overthrows that I saw. Yeah. Joe Milton's not not a great, great quarterback. He's a he's an average quarterback, as I've said to you all season long. <laughs> it doesn't mean Nico is going to be any better because you have to learn how to be a starting quarterback. You know what's funny? I, I, everybody wants to talk about Milton and Nico and all this. I, I, I'm just giving you a hard time. I, I really don't care. the The thing that concerns me is the offensive line and the receivers, and and why is there zero depth in year three? Now, maybe that's because of so many guys transferred out. They've been dealing with. It's been minimal, but still scholarship reductions. I think that is a question that um, that that needs to be addressed in the off season. How? How can we get to a place where if we lose Critic. an offensive lineman, you know, the 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 entire offensive line is god, god awful. You know, Recruiting. if we lose a receiver, we we've got we got no options. You know what I mean? So well it's it's two it's two so I would so two NFL receivers leave and your number one receiver is out in week what four? He got hurt in week four, Brew McCoy. To me, if you take the top three players off anybody's roster from one year to the next, there is a natural regression. Mm-hmm. Also, Squirrel White's pretty good. So he's had a pretty good season. So uh, again, and I think Junkyard nailed it. Hypel is UT's Mark Rick. I think that is the con- that would be my concern. But you know what Mark Rick did? <laughs> he won two SEC championships in like 10 games every year for like 12 years. So if that is if that is what you're promising Tennessee fans, eventually that's not good enough. Tennessee wants to win national championships, just like Texas A&M and Auburn and everybody else. But like in year three of the rebuild to take a step back from Hendon Hooker, the greatest season in school history to lose to the team that might be the best team in all of college football, the national champs, Missouri, I mean, the Florida and the Missouri, Missouri's the, it's the best. It might be the best Missouri team ever. Oh. ever. No, I, th- I thought that you were saying they're going to be the champs. But like context is important, and I understand fans get upset after losses. But like, t- t- spoiled, dude. Kentucky fans spoiled. If you're asking for Mark Stoops to leave, you're spoiled. You're not going to hire a better coach than Mark Stoops. The the, st- the statistical probability of you getting better than Josh Heupel or Mark Stoops right now at those two programs is is stupid low. Mm. Stupid low. Yeah, exactly. 
And even you're coming around on even you're coming around on Billy Napier actually at Florida. So I love uh, Billy. I hope they well, ex- give him an extension. Florida's teams are pr- pretty well. They got some really savvy scheme schematically on offense. They're very good. Uh, they just don't have enough dudes. But they ran the ball in Missouri. I give them a lot of credit. So, mm, but uh, it, what happens if Nico scores like eight touchdowns in the bowl game? Because I know you hate bowl games. I mean, are well, we even allowed? Are we even allowed to talk about it? No, I love watching bowl games. I think the results don't mean anything. As Stephen Lassen said on this, your very show today, actually. Uh, the outcomes don't, the rosters aren't real. You can play red shirts. Coaches are leaving the portal. Like players sit out. Like the Clemson or Tennessee game last year is no better example. Try to tell y'all, Orange Bowl Joe is not who Joe Milton is. <laughs> mm. So there you go. Uh, Florida has no talent on defense. He looks good I, in I that agree. game, though. I'll I give agree. him that. He did because Clemson never played any of their best defensive players and Tennessee didn't have a couple of their receivers. It's it's an exhibition game. It's not a real game. Um, I wish Nick, Georgia didn't play any of their best defensive players. Yeah, well, that's that's not what happens when you're that good. Let's go to the Florida-Florida State game because Florida State, without their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, Florida without their starting quarterback and Graham Mertz, but this is only a six-and-a-half-point spread, and absolutely I think Florida can win this game and can beat Florida State and knock them out of the playoff. And if you're talking narrative – this type of win changes the entire offseason conversation for Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't know enough about Florida State. I just watched them destroy LSU, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough going into the swamp. I, I like Florida. How about that? Is that too bold? Too bold to like no. Florida the way they've no. been playing against Missouri and no, not at LSU? All. I mean, had they not been playing Jay Nails, I think, I mean, that's easy to say, but anyone less than Jay Nails, you know, if, if Joe Milton was uh, LSU's quarterback, they would have beat, they would have beat LSU that night, you know, um, if not, if not for Missouri and here's something else I said, I can't, I, I, I can't remember where or when or why, but, uh, Florida just seems like a team that at this point kind of expects to lose Missouri expects to win. And I think that was a different Saturday night. So you know, eventually you got to learn that, but maybe maybe that comes this Saturday against a rival that, you know, imagine this backup for Florida State makes a key turnover early. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that yeah. gets in his head. I don't I don't know. He he's held on the ball like he he's he's fine for Florida State. Their backup, he's got a little bit of experience. I, I think if Graham Mertz was playing in this game, I would absolutely pick Florida. I think Florida is going to play very well in this game though, because I think it's natural for the Florida State players to look around and see their season. And I don't. Cardell Jones is not walking through that door. Like it, you, it, you cannot lose your Heisman caliber ish whatever quarterback the week before and expect to win. The only Ohio State's like the only team that's ever done that. They lost JT Barrett. Cardell Jones comes in and they, you know, they go on that crazy run. I, I think for the the Florida's game plan will be excellent on offense. My concern is maybe the defensive side of the ball. Like can they can they match up with some of those weapons? Keon Coleman down the field, Johnny Wilson, like those are big time. Yeah, dogs what is, what is Florida state good at? I, Cause again, I'm, I'm kind of ignorant on them. Uh, they go down the field really well. Two really great receivers. I, we just don't know what they are without Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is one of the best deep ball throwers and he's out of the game. So we don't know what they're going to be. I also think, I also think um, Florida state's a little like they haven't found their, their, their top like gear yet all season. And now it's impossible to find that. And whereas mm. Florida's des- Florida's desperate, Florida's at home. 
I, I, I wish Graham Mertz was playing in this game because I think it would be an automatic upset pick for Florida. I think what's going to happen is, is Max Brown's the starter, right? He played pretty well in that game. Here's the thing about Florida, though, guys. If they had not given up that one drive to Missouri, look who their wins would have been. I mean, like, you beat Tennessee, you beat South Carolina, you almost beat Missouri. Like, you, you basically, what, third place outside of the Kentucky loss. You beat Vanderbilt. Mm. You were you were one play away from, you know, winning four games in the division. <laughs> Let's say, I mean, this is kind of sad. This is sad. This is the saddest question I've ever asked, Braden. But let's say they go into overtime and they lose to Florida State. Heart, you know, heartbreaker. But they they played their their guts out. Would you? Is there would there ever have been a team coming off five losses in a row that you feel more confident about than Billy Napier's? Gators had with a with a top five class and all yeah, that. I mean, the, well, they got to retain those players too. Some of those guys have de, uh, defected from the recruiting class, but yeah, I think Richard actually nails this. Florida is where Mizzou was last year. I, I might put them one year behind that because I think they're they're five star kids coming in next year, right? The quarterback that they've got, he's like a, the number one player in the country, and maybe next mm. year he's the freshman, and then the year after that is Missouri. So maybe they're Missouri next year from last year if that makes any sense i know that sounds complicated but i i don't know i don't i don't agree with this take at all i've, I've seen this as a i think this is a popular one because florida fans are sitting here trying to justify losing and, and like we gotta be patient and all this but key to, to missouri i mean they were good on defense last year they had to get the offense figured out well, and how they do that they hired an offensive coordinator is billy napier gonna do that is, is well, but, missouri, but the offense is, is not the is, problem though is is missouri they were they were not a disaster on special teams like Florida. Um, they don't. They have, need a, he needs to hire a special teams coordinator for sure. They they have eleven Power Five opponents next season. So, I mean, I I get I guess the argument is next year they're going to take off. I I just don't see that with now this quarterback looked really good. Max Brown hit. I thought. I thought. Yeah, no, looked, I, I agree. I th- no, I agree. And I they agree. got the five star coming in. Sort of. I mean, they're going to need a quarterback to break out. I don't, but, I don't know. But the I, offense, I, just, but, I don't like but, that comp. But Napier's offense isn't the problem, though. Six point six yards per play last year, fourth in the SEC. I think they're seventh in the SEC this year, but six point three yards per play. Like their their upper half on offense. It's the defense that they. It's Austin Armstrong, the youngest defensive coordinator in Power Five football, that has to be better. But um, I, honestly, I think that comes with recruiting. Like I think they need players. I don't think they got the dudes right. on on the defense. And so I think what Eli did at Missouri. Again, he had three straight years of 500 football before he broke out. So I, I think, you know, Billy's at two. At Florida, you don't get the third one the way you do at Missouri. There's no question about that. Expectations are much higher. Mm-hmm. But this team, to your point, I, I'm i not optimistic that they, like, win nine games next year. But, man, I they – I mean, they <laughs> – they they played like you said they're playing decent enough football to be competitive with with some certain people so i and if they win this game it changes the entire offseason narrative for billy napier it's upset a top 5 undefeated team beat our rival at home we're recruiting really well got to another bowl game extra practice time ahead of schedule five and a half was their win total this year for vegas so they would have been they would have hit the over on that I, I but you know me i i'm higher on uh napier than than you probably are so it doesn't mean he's going to you know be the head coach there for 20 years 30 years yeah, yeah exactly uh, all right so bama playoffs florida state playoffs louisville playoffs all could get ruined how about the heisman trophy getting ruined 
Uh, Jaden Daniels has a really good shot to win the win the Heisman Trophy this year, and he's going. They're going to host Texas A&M. They're eleven and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight touchdowns last week and six hundred yards the week before that. And like clearly, Brian Kelly is trying to win the Heisman Trophy. There is no question about that. And I got nothing but respect for a guy for a coach doing that with a great player like Jaden Daniels. He also wasn't really all that great in the two most important games of the year, Florida State and Alabama. Um, but he's probably deserving of the award if he wins it. I got no problem. As a voter, I can't tell you who I'm voting for, but he'd be one of my top three. Um, Let me ask you this. Can him take it away from him, though? That's my question. Wait, I got a better one. Shut up. (laughs) If he didn't get knocked out against Alabama and he dominated the fourth quarter and they won that game, would we we even be debating this? No, we probably wouldn't. Yeah. I just figured that's I not figured. a better question. That's an obvious, stupid question. Bye. Well, we got it. I mean, it's not fair that they knocked his ass out. You know what I mean? I, well, I, okay, sure. You know what? And if my aunt had uncle, she'd, my aunt had uncle. I'm just if saying, my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Like, if is the world is not fair, like, I don't know what you want me to say. I wish he wasn't knocked out. I agree with you. And mm. now what? Now what do we say? They were down by two touchdowns when he got knocked out. So it wasn't, right. you know, so, but he could have dominated. I'm yeah. just saying. That would have been great. You know, Maybe. We, we were robbed that opportunity. I, I don't, dis- I don't uh, disagree can, with you, but can, can A&M steal it from him? Yeah, of course, because he. I think he has to have a <laughs> – it's kind of pathetic, but it's almost like you hope his, his defense sucks too. So it's like a back and forth, and <laughs> every time, you know, maybe he gets like 10, 10 opportunities to score touchdowns, whereas – you know, if it's like 38 to 10, I, I mean, I don't think that's going to impress anybody. So yeah. I, I'll tell you who I've been impressed with is, is Jalen Henderson, his quarterback for A&M. Yeah, it's now, been fun. Uh, look at their their schedule, though. It's I mean, it's awful. They've Mississippi State and, and Abilene, but uh, he's brought South us, Carolina he's, at home. Uh, well, did he, he didn't play against them, did he? No, no, I sorry. I just mean that they've won three out of four. Right, and, right. And to, to your point, because of the schedule. Right. But so maybe maybe I'm overrating him. But, you know, that could be a really fun matchup I believe it's an early game unfortunately i wish it was another night game but maybe that helps a&m too um yeah it's kind of funny how how they're i don't mind brian kelly i don't mind lsu kind of like doing the campaign but i wonder if anybody gets bothered by it they're clearly force feeding him and, and oh, trying yeah. to pad his stats that, oh i don't know voters that, don't voters don't care about that i kind of care about that and and you what do you I, mean I just see it from like their their media people, and they're like, "You mean like how Tennessee did with Peyton in '96? <laughs> Jaden Daniels got more twenty yard plays than eighty well, eighty seven team teams. Every team in America does that. Yeah, every. but so Bo, Bo Nix has had banners in Times Square for two years. Every so, every so team. So it's like does fuck that. his linemen, fuck his receivers that are amazing. Like what what are we doing here? This is a team game. This is not. In, say, oh my god, you sound I, like I, my grandfather. What are well, you? I just talking hate that. About? Like why why do we have to? Why can't we just say LSU's got more? than anybody and who's i mean obviously because they're trying to win a heisman trophy what's your problem why are you so why are you yelling at kids for having fun it's not the kids I'm, I'm yelling at the media people for for just those are on, and, those and are, not, they're shitting those on his 25 year olds those are 25 year olds teams they're they're his linemen his I, receivers his I tight cannot, ends, his you, so, so the lsu the people who work for lsu and run their media so like run the Twitter well, account, not even Instagram those people, account. but they run like they're, Baton Rouge ESPN and, you know, all, they're, they're all shitting. They're them. shitting on the offensive line and Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas. They're shitting on them. That's what you think they're doing by promoting Jaden Daniels. They're totally discrediting all those guys. Yeah, no, they're not. I feel like they are. God, you sound like my great grandfather. 
No, your job working for a university, number one, is to promote your people. I got no problem with Brian Kelly. They're not pro they're promoting trying to one, win a Heisman not Trophy. People, person, person. You know who you know who people. else is rooting for him to win the Heisman Trophy? His offensive line and his receivers. God, that's one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Upset with them. No one is shitting on Malik Neighbors. Nobody. I just I vote. For, I, I think he should be the Bolitnikov winner. I vote for the Bolitnikov. And he's in the top three. Let's he's going to be in the pain going. Let's get he's going to be in the top three. And I bet you their Twitter account tweets out how great he's been too. What let's are you talking about? Let's get the Joe Moore award hype train going. <laughs> they all, they all, they all deserve praise. Okay, great. That's what, that's my argument. You're going to give, you're going to give, where, where's the participation trophies for Kentucky and Tennessee, big guy. Come on now. They're not excelling. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a team sport. They're going to have the same Tennessee's going to have virtually the identical record to that of LSU. <laughs> Are they? Well, that's because defense is well. No, I mean not. No, what I'm. What are you not, talking about? Tennessee doesn't have a good win. At least LSU won at Missouri, and they would have beat Bama if they didn't knock out their quarterback. And uh, they're going to beat A and M here in a minute. I just don't. I don't like. I don't like promoting one guy. a promoting what, a player to win a Heisman. Well, if you're discrediting all the rest of the pieces, you know. What, so you, did you say all this stuff about uh, and Hooker last year? Did you say all this stuff about that? Did you say all this stuff about Tennessee promoting and Hooker to win the Heisman? Did you say all this about, oh, I can't believe how disrespectful they are to Jalen Hyatt. Unbelievable. D Darnell Wright, I ever, unbelievable. I don't, I don't think I ever... They're just, they're just talking shit about Darnell Wright by promoting and Hooker. Unbelievable. I don't know that I saw any of this. Like, they didn't try to get and Hooker eight touchdowns versus... I can't I'm no, trying to no. think of the shitty teams they played, you know, but no, they just, they, they, just didn't, they didn't have to, they just, yeah, they just do it on their own, you know? Well, LSU's defense is naturally allowing Jaden Daniels lots of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right here. Hypo's offense promoted hooker. I mean, that's, yeah, we didn't need all this garbage, you know, dude, you are, you're the revisionist history on you sometimes is absurd. Like Tennessee, Every weekend, it was they're tweeting out the slow mo video of Hendon and Hooker dropping a bomb it. in the basket and <laughs> all that stuff. <sighs> I, by the way, I voted for Hendon Hooker in the top three in the Heisman because that's the right order. The right Oops. order was Caleb Williams one, Hendon Hooker two, Bryce Young three. That was the correct order for Heisman Trophy, and that was what my that's what my ballot was last year. No Stetson. No. How did he get to the Heisman? That's crazy. He's a pretty damn good player, though. But I mean, he wasn't the best player on his team. He wasn't the best player on his side of the football. This Heisman's and crazy. Heisman, the Heisman's stupid. <laughs> Isn't it? You're such a grumpy old man today. <laughs> I just think it's stupid. You're leaving East Tennessee like tomorrow. You should be happy. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm get I'm getting fired up. <laughs> Uh, quickly, I want to talk a uh, other couple of spoilers here. Cause I don't think, uh, here's the thing about LSU. Like I, I think Jaden Daniels has it won right now by a really slim margin. If Bo Nix, here's the thing. If Bo Nix beats Oregon state this weekend in the a huge rivalry game and they get into the PAC 12 championship game and they beat Washington to get into the playoff, mm -hmm. but, and Bo Nix has virtually identical statistics it is going to be hard to beat Bo Nix. That's the name I would keep an eye on. If Marvin Harrison goes off against Michigan and beats America's team by beating Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor and they go undefeated and get into the playoff, Marvin Harrison's the other one that I think could beat him. Those are the two. Michael Penix, maybe at Washington, might be able to beat him. I think we are going to have one of the closest votes we've seen in a long time because I think it's Daniels 
Nix, Penix, and Harrison, I think those four are going to eat up a lot of equal votes in the region. And so I think the Big 12, cha- the Pac-12 championship game is going to decide who who of those two guys comes out of there as the, the, the guy com- competing with Jaden Daniels for the award. Right now, I think Daniels wins it. But, but the other guys have done it in bigger games. So that's the argument. I'm not saying I agree with that argument, but that's the argument. So <laughs> is he talking about you? <laughs> no, he's talking about Stinson. And he's oh, a Georgia yeah. fan. Yeah. So he, yeah, that's true. That's he's true. allowed to say it. I'm not saying it, but he did. Uh, hang on, Bo. What, and he will break. What was, what was Bo talking about here? Put it in the bank. Uh, hang on. Uh, the Heisman is indeed. A, I, I, I will say this about the Heisman to, to, I don't know how to say your name. You, you Noll's name there. Um, it's not a stupid award. It is still the most important individual award in all of sports. And I take voting for it extremely seriously. The problem is I just don't think enough other players get enough credit. I like I voted for Wait, defensive. Are we saying the same damn thing? Not to kind of, but like I don't know. Like as a kid growing up, I just thought it was such an amazing thing and then have the opportunity to get to vote for it. I take it very seriously. So mm-hmm. I have like I, I make sure I put somebody obscure, not obscure, but like I ho- I try to not make it all quarterbacks. Last year, it happened to be all quarterbacks because I thought the three most important players were were quarterbacks. Yeah, but but I try not to do that. Like I, right now, I might vote for a wide receiver number one, but I, like there's there's an offensive lineman for Oregon State that deserves recognition. You know what I mean? Like I, I wish the award Brock was Bowers. I, I was going to vote for did, Brock. He didn't I, get hurt. You know? I was going to vote for Brock Bowers before he got hurt. So I think going outside of just the best quarterbacks in the country is the right thing to do. But also, quarterbacks are by far the most important players on the team. So it's hard. It's you know like thicker kicker. I mean, he started the run there at Missouri. Yeah, it was beating all Kansas him. State. It was all him. Um, anyway, I, I think um, I think right now Daniels has it. I think if A and M's defense shuts him down and they lose a game they're not supposed to as an eleven point favorite at home. I think that's the, I think what's happening is voters are looking for like the opening to vote for one of the other guys. I think if I had to guess, um, but that's kind of where that's what about Carson Beck. That's what Michael Kelly wants to know. Is it too, too late? No, I've talked to a lot of voters who are, there's a most people are undecided right now. Six touchdowns against Bama. Does he win it? Well, I got Bama plus four already. (laughs) I'm saying if he has six touchdowns against Bama, is he He doesn't, he, I don't think he can win it, but I think he can become a finalist. I think he could okay. be. I, can, I think he could be in New York as a finalist, but I don't. Yeah, think Yeah, why can can't a it. kicker? Come on, thicker kicker, baby. Sure, I, I vote for the Groza Award, and Mevis is not one of the top three kickers in America. So, oh, <laughs> he's number one in my heart. Yeah, that's fine. You're, any room for Mark Stoops and Josh Heupel in there? Or? No. <laughs> uh, what about Shane Beamer? South Carolina plus seven points at home against Clemson. Terrible, terrible, terrible matchup for strength of South Carolina, but man, two straight, you talk about changing the narrative of, of what I'm, if I'm selling stuff on the recruiting trail, if I'm Shane Beamer, if I can beat Clemson twice, get to three straight bowls to start my career at South Carolina, show everybody a quarterback and a, probably a future NFL star and Xavier Leggett, and you can beat Clemson at home uh, against the team that is, I mean, I think Clemson's starting 22 maybe they're too deep is significantly better but if you can beat clemson twice in three years you can you can point to the demise of clemson in state and recruit your ass off against clemson cannot think of a more important game this weekend than for south carolina to play well against clemson in this game i there is nothing about this matchup that says they should win but something tells me they're going to play well in this game Mm. how much uh 
Heat's Beamer going to take if they lose, though? Why would he? I mean, he put a lot of equity in the bank the last two years. He overachieved two straight seasons. I know that you're like a prisoner of every moment in the world, but like context is important. The guy's first two seasons were way better than anybody expected. And right now they're right no where we cares, man. No right? one cares about what you did two years ago. They just care about what you're doing moving forward. And how's this going to look without Leggett and, and Spencer Rattler? Juice I, Wells coming back, though. That's good. I think that's a major question. But uh, just what I, makes this game very important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's going to be a long offseason if they lose to Clemson after beating them on the road last year. They They need something special to happen. I think, and I, I think you're underestimating the South Carolina fan base. Not at all. I think that's how I mean, they win. No, I'm, I'm saying they'll, they'll turn. Oh, you they'll, mean they're going to they turn be, on you, you quick? I mean, you, they, you mean they, they're crazy? Oh no, I'm not underestimating that. They they're demand <laughs> excellence. You know, they are, uh, I, they've been demanding excellence since 1933, and it ain't never happened. So, <laughs> right, but they can still demand it, <laughs> and they <laughs> shall if. Uh, I mean, this this has got to be the worst Clemson, right? In, in how long? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got a chance to go seven. If they win this game, South Carolina six and six, Clemson seven and five, mm. with two straight wins head to head, and that is how you build a recruiting base in the state of South Carolina. That's how you that you have to chip away at Dabo's stranglehold on some of those recruits and some of those high schools, and that is how you do it. Right. You, you you go to the you go to a parent and you go to a coach and you say, look. We're, we're trending upward. We've beaten them twice in a row. We're in the better conference. The ACC is failing. Dabo's lost his mind. Come to South Carolina instead. And that that is what this game is all about. If I'm if I'm analyzing it from a like a like a future narrative standpoint is spoil Clemson. Continue to show that Clemson is trending in the wrong direction. Continue to show that Dabo can't evolve and show people, hey, look, when our back was against the wall, when we were what two and six. Right. And then win four straight and beat some teams we probably shouldn't and end up in. In a bowl game, at, there's some proof of concept there when it comes to like leadership and motivation. And I know the schedule is what it is. But Wh- which who do we beat that we shouldn't? Kentucky, uh, Clemson, Clemson. They were an oh, underdog. Gotcha. They were an underdog at home against Kentucky. But well, I'm saying up to this up to this point. No, it's it's Kentucky and Clemson. They're underdogs. They were underdogs in both those games. So, mm-hmm. um, but I just think there's a. I mean, we knew the schedule was 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 front loaded, and they had a lot of really difficult games in the front and. Gave up a lot of points, and their defensive and offensive lines are a question, and he's got to recruit to replace Rattler and Leggett. But you can do that a lot easier when you can point to two straight wins against your arch rival in state. So, do you th- Is Shane Beamer under the most pressure of any SEC coach this weekend, do you think, for all those reasons? Because you're right. If they win, it's, it's no. going to be huge. I think he's got a little equity. It's kind of like Napier and Beamer are kind of the same with Mark Stoops. I think they're all kind of in the same boat of like a loss sends a really bad signal to the offseason, but a win could change the entire structure of the season and what we talk about. Um, I mean, no, because, yeah, I mean, I'm, how much how much pressure is Sam Pittman under to win at home as a seven and a half point dog against Missouri? I don't know. Um, you could then ask the question of, Lane Kiffin, if Lane Kiffin loses on the road to an interim coach in the Egg Bowl, that's that's bad. That's a bad look when you're trying to have one of your best seasons in history. Again, Ole Miss has only had three 10 win seasons in the history of its program. Uh, only one, I believe, since or only a couple of. Or, sorry, this will be their fourth 10 win season since integration. 
Um, obviously, they had Matt Corral a couple of years ago. If Missouri and, and Ole Miss lose, I think it taints two really historic seasons. If they win, then I think you can say, look, we can make the playoffs. Look what we did. We can get to 10 and 2 multiple. Like, this would be second, Lane Kiffin's second 10 win season mm. in, in, in like four years. So I think those are huge. I think there's some pressure on Drinkwitz and Kiffin to win, not because firing or anything. I just think, doesn't 10 and 2 just feel so much better than 9 and 3? You know? Yeah. That's why I like about this weekend. You can make a case for almost all these coaches. Who, so who plays spoiler of, of all these, of all these teams? I think Kentucky can win outright on the road. Um, I, I don't. I'm not going to pick it, but I think they could. I think Florida can win outright at home. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying South Carolina. I think the matchup is really bad for them in that game. Clemson likes to run the football and they stop the run. That's been bad for South Carolina. Yeah, I think the. Um, I think I think it's Florida. I think that's the ultimate one. Ultimate I, I spoiler. You think both Missouri and Ole Miss win on the road? Maybe. How you feel about Pittman coming back? Right decision for Arkansas? Mm, I don't know. I'm not ready to go that far. Not ready to go that far. What, like that, you're, you would have fired him already? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I did. I said that on Fine Bomb Show the other day. Yeah. I was, I was, all, I was surprised they didn't. I w- I'm surprised they didn't either. I think it's the, I think it's the whole like... People really like being around him. People like playing for him. People like working for him. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that type of, when you're coach dad, like Josh Heupel, I, I think it makes it a lot easier to sort of suck it up and say, all right, let's be conservative about this and give him one more year. Give him a ha- chance to fix the offense, hire a coordinator, whatever. They have a ton of guys that um, could return for another year or, or could move on. I would have to think some conversations were had too. Specifically with K- with KJ, yeah, specifically <laughs> yeah. with him. Just you know, where, I'll, I'll where, come back if you keep Sam around, or yeah, yeah, maybe not even that bold, but just like, would you come back if he's not the coach? No, but you know, maybe You're maybe guaranteed to be gone, yeah. right? Right, things of that nature. So, yeah. yeah, I have to assume things like that taking place. So, it's it's easy to sit here and say, What the hell? I mean, I'm seeing in these comments, they're like, hey, he's look at his record, this, that, and the other. Well, Arkansas, I get it. I mean, they, they had KJ, they got Rocket, but their roster is sixth best in the West. Yeah, I mean, it's I agree. All, yeah. The players, it met the players. No, no, I agree. I agree. Get, get you Kirby Smart today, <laughs> and they, they'd probably be better this year. But they were they were not going to win the West, even if damn Kirby no. Smart's their coach. You know, no. until he had time to build it up and and. And I hate to say it, but Arkansas is in such a position just with the in-state talent, with the geography. It's Well, it's got to it, dominate. It, it's got to go into Texas. They, they have to right. win a lot of battles in Texas. And actually, this is where Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference in a weird way actually helps them mm-hmm. because they can go into Texas a little bit more forcefully and recruit. Um, Junkyard says it's hard to hire at Arkansas. And I look, I you and I have debated this with Mississippi State. Arkansas is a better job than Mississippi State. It, ju- it just... It just is not by much, but it is. Arkansas is almost a top twenty-five job nationally, and so I, I don't. A and M is clearly better than both of those jobs. A and M should be shooting for a bigger target. And Bo says, "How do you feel about Ryan Day to A and M?" It is not happening. It's not going to happen. Ryan Day is not leaving the best job, maybe in all of college football, to go to one of the most 
complicated and bizarre jobs in all of college football. If Ryan Day leaves, he's going to the NFL. Uh, hey, Ryan Day is not. I, I've talked to plenty of people around that program. There is a zero percent chance Ryan Day is leaving Ohio State for a lesser job. Let me ask you this Same. though, because I'm I'm still I'm I'm not done with Arkansas, sir. All right, let's go back to Arkansas. But, sir, sir, <laughs> based on what you know, because I'm just curious, because this so this respectful. is like this is like cloak and dagger shit. So I'm kind of curious to to hear what you have to say. But given the relationship with Jimmy Sexton and Hunter Urichet, which is not good. Does that hmm. factor in a, a, a decision? Because you want, it, you I want to go, you want to go full, you want to go full cloak and dagger. I don't think. I I basically think if you fire Sam Pittman, Jimmy Sexton closes the door to you. So uh, and and that and that eliminates about eighty percent of coaches, whether people realize that or not. It, it's not that. It's so. Here's what's interesting. There's three agencies that basically run every coach, mm-hmm. assistant and head coach. There's three. Jimmy Sexton's number one right-hand man, his consigliere, left and is now working for a competitor, which means he brings his coaching agent roster with him. So my point, I say all of that to say that Jimmy Sexton's that number, you need to drop that number way down now. He's still he's still the biggest power broker. There's no question that Sexton is still in charge of the most amount of these things. But the search firms all summer long go through and they organize all their lists. They, they organize who their pecking order of guys are going to be. Then the search firms have relationships with the board of directors and the athletic directors and the presidents. And they, they've been in these guys' ears the entire summer, all since June and July. There's been three search firms that have been in Hunter Yurchich's ear the entire year, saying here are the four or five best candidates for your job. Uh, and that's happened at Mississippi State. That's happened at A&M. That happens at, it happens at every every school. It's not It's not new. But the fact that Sexton has recently lost somebody from, I think it's from CAA, right? He's lost somebody mm-hmm. from CAA to go to somewhere else. That that does open it up a little bit. He's not as much of a puppeteer. He's still the biggest force in all of this. Mm-hmm. But it does change the dynamics to, to some degree. I, I think I think your first answer is, is more on. Like, if we want KJ Jefferson back and we want all these other guys to come back and we want to try to compete next year, we're in a better spot to have Sam Pittman in place to recruit one more year. Let's get all of our back end organized and get those search firms organized and start finding. And then let's, let's go into the next cycle with, Hey, Sam Pittman saved the team or, Hey, we've got to fire him pretty early. And we're going to be the first one into the cycle next year. And we will have already had some of these conversations this year. So, uh, and some, and, and long, long pole legend (laughs) says rocket Sanders played in like four games this year. I think that's certainly a part of it. But fixing the offensive line is 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 the key. You need an offensive coordinator and an offensive line. And frankly, Sam Pittman should be able to do one of those two things. So mm-hmm. I, I, there, there we go. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm surprised they didn't fire him. I don't think honestly. I think it's a decent time to hire a coach because there's not a whole lot of those jobs like Ar- Arkansas is not going to compete with a lot of people right now to hire a coach because Texas A&M is at the top of the list. But right now, I could argue Arkansas is the next best job that's available. Better than uh, UCLA, you said. You said they're firing. I, I think I would rather coach at Arkansas than UCLA. SEC jobs and Big Ten jobs are extremely rare, and UCLA is financially just not in the same place as as most Big Ten or SEC jobs. The fan base isn't there. I mean, it's a good recruiting base. It's better recruiting than than Arkansas, but it's not better. I would take the Arkansas job over UCLA. I would take Arkansas over Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I think I think Arkansas is slightly better than Mississippi State. But if all of a sudden 
like Kirk Ferentz retires and the Iowa jobs open and then Kyle Whittingham retires and the Utah jobs open or Dan Lanning leaves Oregon and he goes to Texas A&M, all of a sudden you've got a few other jobs that might be better than Arkansas. And then you might be like, oh, okay, this is more complicated now. I was asked if Kyle Whittingham would go to Mississippi State. What's your thoughts on that? No chance. <laughs> I was asked that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, man. He's he's won back to back Pac twelve championships. <laughs> Why would he go to the toughest play, <laughs> toughest job? There are plenty of guys who would do that though to go to Mississippi State. I think there's plenty of guys because there's only fourteen jobs soon to be sixteen in the SEC. Those are a commodity. Mm-hmm. It's the best conference in America, and every coach under the sun thinks they can win the Natty, no matter where they're coaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they all they all think they can. And Dabo, I don't like. Here's the thing: if I'm an A and M fan, like I don't want Dabo. Dabo, Dabo has has not shown the ability to evolve at all in the modern landscape of college football. That was that was another one where I, when he started all that, uh, you know, I'm. They asked him about that, I think, and he's like, "I'm I'm focused on us or something like that." But he didn't say no. And I said, he's, that, "He's to focus harder." I said, "Dabo to Mississippi State," and a bunch of their fans were like, "Don't want him." <laughs> like, Mississippi State. <laughs> They want the best, Braden. They don't want oh, has- no, that's, no, they don't that's, want has-beens. That's fucking stupid. If you're Mississippi State, you take Dabo in two seconds. But of course, that's like that's like, oh man, I bet you Arkansas. Let's fire Sam Pittman. Let's go get let's go get Saban. Let's go get him. Gotta make a call, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Gotta to. make Nick Saban say no. <laughs> <laughs> you must. I mean, I you're not doing your job if you don't I think Kentucky should move on from stoops. And force Kirby Smart to say no to the job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'd, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm telling you right now. I think I said it last week on the show. The Texas a the new Texas A&M head coach, is going to be someone completely off the radar. It is going to be. It is going to be a name that no one has talked about. I'm, I promise you. Dan Campbell. We've talked about him now, so now it's not going to oh, be him. Okay. Okay. I'm telling you, it's. The Titans like, coach is he about to get fired? No, he's about to get traded to the Patriots for like two first round draft picks. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if he goes to college, it's because Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, has taken the Patriots job or the Bears job. Bears well, a- is actually A&M. John Gruden. He's going to take the Bears job, and then Vrabel's going to take the Ohio State job. Does they want to know is Urban Meyer coaching in college again? I think he, I don't see how he says no, unless there's so much baggage that like legally he's not allowed. <laughs> UCLA, if they fire their coach, would he go there? I don't know why he'd go to UCLA. UCLA is not a job. It's a, it's harder than people think. Like financially they're in trouble. The fans are not great. The stadium's 45 minutes away. Like it's not a traditional, it's kind of like Miami, like great recruiting base, but like doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of the other stuff you need to win in, in 2023, if that makes sense. I hear so. you. Day, Ryan Day is not getting fired. Have you guys seen Ryan Day's record? <laughs> like, I know you don't watch anything. If outside he gets of the SEC. smoked by Michigan, he, you don't think his, he would get fired? His record is like 52 and six. <laughs> like it ain't, do, it ain't cutting it. Crazy. Is, is he scheduled like uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky? What's what's up with that? Uh, no, he's at the premier, maybe the best job in America. The easiest oh, okay. place to win. Okay. Which Wait, means he's it, not leaving for Texas A&M. Isn't it funny that... Um, I mean, he damn near won the national championship last year, right? But yeah, I mean, he, there was one he lost one, a, one couple plays away, yeah. But he lost to Michigan twice in a row, right? So it's like fans are kind of like 50-50 on him. Imagine no. if, imagine no. that is your life. 
I was like, one play away from winning it all, one play away from being on the hot seat. Uh, just that's pretty easy. Pretty easy to imagine the nine million dollar paycheck, Mike. I, that's, I just that's crazy. I couldn't imagine that. Don't give a shit. <laughs> like you chose it. You don't want to make nine million dollars to be the Ohio State coach. Go do something else. Like, what are you talking about? Well, if they I fire, feel, him, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for these guys. Want for one second? Don't feel bad. Well, it's not. It's not feeling bad either, and it's not about the paycheck. It's just, could you imagine being at a job where? I mean, that, that's that's, the, that's really hard. That's a damn. That's like being sitting on a knife. Like it, you can go either way. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you almost won the national championship, and you're a, a one more embarrassing loss away from getting fired. Ooh, this is a great question. Is Arkansas? I agree, it's a tough job to have. Okay, well, that's just I, why, that's just wild to think about. I'm just trying to think of if that's ever happened. So, so in is the every, SEC. but so is every single Air Force pilot fighting in a war. Like I don't like these. Like I don't understand. I, I just don't. Of all the humans that have really high pressure, difficult jobs, college football coaches are not the ones I'm worried about. I just yes, you. you well, again, take, you a, highlight- I'm not, see. I think we're talking about different. I'm not even talking about pressure. I'm just talking about. How wild is that? Even that's that statement. We damn near won the national championship. Welcome they, to college football. Some people want to run him off. And they played in the Natty in 2020. Welcome, welcome to college football, baby. Big well, time they, college football. Well, they got embarrassed in that one, didn't Jimbo they? Jimbo Fisher failed miserably and got paid 75 million dollars. I just, uh, oh, what a tough life. Um, I do want to say, is Arkansas even a top 25 job right now? I think it's fringe. I think it's like right there with like, you know, w- w- UCLA, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. Virginia Tech, NC State, North Carolina. There's a handful of jobs that are all kind of right there that are out that are clearly not national championship jobs, but are right there. Is is Arkansas a top 10 job in the SEC? It is absolutely right now. It, right now, it's a top 10 job in the SEC. So it's number eight, in my opinion. South Carolina is number nine. But when Texas and Oklahoma join, it gets knocked down two spots, I would say. Did you see this little thing I uh, tweeted out here about uh, coaches being born on third base? Did you did you happen to see that? Are you talking about Shane Beamer? <laughs> um, well, no. Uh, this guy, shout out Bud Bud Davis, PhD. He does uh, uh, analytics, things of that nature, and he just posted this graph essentially of of all these coaches where the talent was when they inherited the team. And at, at the very, very, very top is Ryan Day. Oh, yeah. And then Ed Ogeron's right next to him. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, but the whole point that I'm trying to make is whoever AM hires, they're going to be right there, smack dab, it, right below yes. Ryan yes. Day and right below Coach O. Coach O obviously won the national championship. Uh, but I, the whole reason I'm asking you this, if – they nail the hire and it doesn't mean that they, they got to get Dabo or Ryan day or, you know, a name, everybody knows. Let's say they hired Jed fish and, and say, you know, nobody Stop knows. That. Just say Jeff, Tra- just say Jeff trailer. Cause he's the only name that's actually been linked to the job. Okay. okay. And, and he's done a very good job at UTSA. He's a culture builder. I, I think your, your ultimate point, I think what you're making is completely correct. That Texas A&M is in a better situation to succeed right away than almost any other job in that I can remember in the modern sec. I think Georgia, yeah, well, when, yeah. This this says since 2015. Yeah, I think I think when Kirby Smart took over Georgia, they were pretty well positioned to be very good quickly because Mark yeah. Rick always had a pretty good roster. Right. So that he's not far off, but apparently, according to this, A and M's it would be in an even better spot. I don't disagree. So, but my question to you is, whoever it is, I I don't care the the name is irrelevant. If they if they land an A to A plus coach, which they should have the resources to get, 
if they can get that guy to take the p- position. Is Texas A&M a national championship contender next year? Not, not probably not barring, one year. Barring a barring a, a mass exodus of players. Well, hopefully, I mean, I if they hire the right coach, then yes, I think by year two, in the first two years, you can be competing for the division. And if you're competing for the division, then you're competing for the SEC. And if you're competing for the SEC, you're competing for a playoff spot. Well, there's no divisions I, anymore, right? So <laughs> good, good point. Uh, sorry, if you are challenging for top two mm-hmm. to, to a spot in the SEC championship game, which if you're ten and two, hypothetically. That that puts you in the contention, right? That means you probably were one game away from either making the SEC championship game or missing out on it. And I completely agree that when Ryan Day got the Ohio State job and Coach O got the LSU job and Kirby Smart got the Georgia job, there are very few teams, very few programs in America, and this is the exact opposite of what happened to Billy Napier at Florida, and frankly, with Josh Heupel at Tennessee, that there are very few places in America where a great coach could not, like, a great coach will win at Texas A&M quickly. It will not take long. That roster is in good shape. LSU right. coach Coach O at LSU, great shape. It's no and here I just got it. This is the the graph I was referencing here. It may be a little bit hard to see for the audience here, but uh, the, the the point being, I don't know. I I just think if they get the right guy, they they could be awesome. It's not necessarily, and he's calling it born on third base, and there's a big chart right now that Mike's got up on the chart. It's it's more about just like pr- program situation, like how well situation situated are you to compete? Um, and and I see a bunch of Oregon's on there, for, for example, because they've had so many different coaches recently, mm-hmm. and each one that's taken over has taken over like a pretty decent situation. Like I think it was Willie Taggart, and then Mario Cristobal, and now Dan Lanning, and they've recruited all pretty well at Oregon throughout that. And I, I think Texas saying it like Mar- I'm assuming the Notre Dame on there is Marcus Freeman taking is, over from yes. Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming Lincoln, we got Lincoln Riley at the very top here. Lincoln Riley that, might be on there twice. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I bet this, you he is. This is Clay Clay Hilton right here. This USC that's on third base, but okay. So is Lincoln Riley on there from Oklahoma? Yes, sir. At the yeah. uh, on yeah. second Brett, base, Brett Venables is the other one uh, for sure. Took over yes. really good. Yep, and then it looks like Sarkeesian might be in there too. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, I I think um, I, I think I, I mean if the question is can Texas A and M win quickly with the right guy, I think the answer has always been yes. I think that's that, that they that this is what's so important about Florida right now with Billy Napier. Like, uh, do you have where's Florida? Where's Billy Napier on that chart that you've got? Can you find him? Because I'm willing to bet you it's not anywhere close to the top, fifteen oh, or twenty. Or Billy, I'm willing to bet you because that that the state of that roster, the, the infrastructure, all that stuff, that's what takes time to build. Texas A&M's got all of that. They renovated the stadium. They spent six hundred million. I believe, they got nil. I yeah, he's born on second base. Better better than Dan Mullen. <laughs> at Mississippi. At, Mississippi. Oh, at, at, right. at Florida. Well, okay. See, so he's, he's uh, right. You're right here. McElwain's the top Florida. Oh god. The, the low Florida is Dan Mullen. And then I'm because it's says those since 2015. So that this other Florida has got to be Billy Napier. So there's two charts to the graph, right? This is great podcasting. There's inherited team talent composite and uh inherited what's the other one? ELO rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. So it it's look, I think that's how I found it because people were mad about. There's no way Billy Napier got born Dan Mullen. Yeah. Uh, Mike Elko has been mentioned in the comments, and 
Mike Elko, what he had at Duke versus what he would take over at AM is night and day. I yeah. Don't, yeah, he had a quarterback. He had a quarterback. Riley Leonard was there. So he'd have one at AM too. He'd have a couple, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I I tend to agree with you. Um We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, either way, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. Uh, I know you guys got a live show on Tuesday night, so make sure you check that out. Um, you can, of course, get to 440 Sports over there on the YouTube page. Please give us a subscription. We've got game previews for most of these SEC games. We're going to throw those up this week, so we do that every single week. So please come check us out. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some thoughts on some of these coaching hires as well over there. So give us a give us a subscription. We'd appreciate it um, and appreciate hanging out with you guys, uh, all you guys in the comments. Happy Thanksgiving. It is the greatest single weekend of the year. Uh, yeah, you want to in a, in a in a from Thursday to Sunday, it's the best. It's the best weekend of the entire calendar year. It's my favorite holiday. You know what's great about it? Mm. You get to. It's just family, food, and football. That's it. There's I don't I don't have any obligations outside of just those things. That's the only things I got to worry about. <laughs> my kids, yeah. food, and football. <laughs> uh, there's no distractions. There's nothing. This stuff we got to. We don't have to go do this or to go do that. There's no that. It's just drink, eat, and be merry and watch football. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm greatest weekend of the year everybody enjoy it uh have a great uh weekend have a great thanksgiving mike happy thanksgiving to you and uh and your family and and welcome back my man (laughs) yeah i'll I'll be going live after the egg bowl on thursday who else is giving you that type of content going live live from nashville tennessee right yes sir going live on friday after missouri arkansas then we'll go live on saturday too so I'm going to crash one of those. You know that, right? I'll be wasted. I'll be wasted on Saturday (laughs) night, just like spamming your comments. Yeah, I'll send you the link. But uh, yeah, so it may be a holiday, but we'll we'll still be delivering content for you guys. Absolutely. All right, check it out. You guys know the deal on that SEC podcast, but come on over to 440 as well. For Mike, I am Braden. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great weekend.